Welcome to Two Countries, One Crime, with your hosts, Caitlin and BB. I had a crime done against me. No! Yes, really? I did. And it's a really sad and embarrassing story. So I'm drinking. So we don't have that much liquor left in our house. We've like drank all of it. So this is tequila. That Tequila's I fantastic. I know, but it feels really weird to just sip it. So that's how I prefer to drink my tequila, actually. It's not bad. Yeah. It's actually salt pretty good. rim, lime in it. That's basically a shot, except, yeah. you know, you can drink it slowly and be like an adult about it. Um, if you like tequila, then you'll love to hear that I'm drinking Dwayne The Rock Johnson's tequila. It's very good. It's very good. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I actually recommend it. I'll send you the name later because I have no idea what it is. It's something like Terramana. Why are we doing free advertising all the time? Have you noticed that? We're always talking about like something we're drinking or eating or doing and it's just free advertising. So, you know, you're welcome, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's a really good point. Um, Usually I'm happy to do it because we're like talking about a local (laughs) thing that we're drinking, but you're right. I should take it back. No free advertising here. You have enough money. The Rock, although I do love him. Yeah, he's Um, pretty great. But now let me tell you about this crime that has been committed against me. So let me just start by saying uh, this story starts with a bout of body dysmorphia. So I'm in my friend's wedding in like a month. And I was buying a bridesmaid's dress for myself and um, decided that I, there was no way I was like a smaller size. So I bought a dress that was too big for me is the point. And it looked really bad, like (laughs) really bad. So I think when I tried it on, everyone said I looked like a colonial grandmother because it was just so like baggy and depressing. So now this dress was on final sale. And so I bought it at half price and could not return it or exchange it. Is that the crime? (laughs) If you ask Billy, yes, that's (laughs) the crime. I'm not going to say the price on this podcast because I don't want the judgment of many people I know, but it was a lot. And so (laughs) not the smartest thing I ever did. So now anyway, I have this really beautiful, expensive ass gown that I cannot wear. I'm not going to get it tailored because it's like that's I don't I think it's too big to even tailor it's a whole thing so I'm trying to sell it on one of these clothing selling apps called Vinted and I'm so desperate to get this money back that someone on Vinted messages me and they were like hey I want to buy this gown for my girlfriend for her birthday but she lives in somewhere is that okay and I was like I don't know why it wouldn't be because I haven't been using Vinted that long. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then because I'm a nice person, oh, I was no, like, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, no. Just, you're going to freaking die. I was like, yeah, like I can totally help you do this if you want. I can even like put a card in there from you or something. Caitlin. And he's like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm like, yes, fuck yes. I'm finally selling this stupid dress. What a weird birthday present, but millennials, I don't know. Maybe he, it, it seems like a weird thing that like an 18 year old might do who randomly had money. So you mean, you mean Gen Z, we're millennials, Caitlin. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. Mm. Whoever's on Vinted and is ruining my life right now. So I'm like, I'll get a card. I'll like do blah, blah. And he's like, okay, great. Here's what I want you to put in the card. 
and it was like, baby, I'm so sad. My heart breaks that we can't be together on your special day. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, this is, I'm such a nice person for helping facilitate this. I'm, this is getting so, I'm like cringing because (laughs) I know where this is going now and I, it just keeps getting worse. So, so then he said, can you also include, I'm so ashamed, $200 of Google Play gift cards? (gasps) Caitlin! Oh no! I'm a grandmother. So, So I was like, well, you know, I'm still on my Gen Z train. So I'm like, I guess this is something Gen Z people give as a gift. A fucking Google Play gift card. Like, what can you buy with that? Who knows? But I'll do it. So I'm like, okay. Can you hear Sam barking? Yes. He's in the basement. That's coming from the basement of my house. He's He's probably very upset with you. I know. He's like, I can't believe you're telling people this embarrassing story. But so, so. Again, me, a saint, helping others, doing good, helping make birthdays happen. I go to Target and I get two $100 Google Play gift cards and like a birth card (laughs) and checking out. And, you know, I go home and I messaged the guy had been like, okay, just let me know when you're going to get them. And so I got home and I was like, hey, I got them. Here they are. And I sent a picture of the front because I'm not dumb. I wasn't born yesterday. I'm an old woman, but not a grandmother yet. So he's like, oh, but you didn't send a picture of the receipt, which has like the full card number on it. It's still not like the pin number that you need. But I was like, okay, here's a picture of the receipt. So I sent the receipt with like part of the code, like crossed out because again, not dumb. Well, not that dumb, dumb enough, but... And then he's like, why haven't you scratched them yet? And I was like, why would I do that? And he's like, I just prefer if you scratch them, okay? And I was like, I don't know. That seems like a pretty like dumb way to lose $200 to a scammer. So I didn't actually lose $200 to a scammer. Howst ever, I now have $200 of Google Play gift cards that I can't return. <laughs> just... Wait, but what happened with the dress? Did he pay for the dress? No, no. And I've had this feeling, but I just wanted to get rid of it so badly that I was like, maybe he just wants to get his girlfriend Google Play gift cards and account. But he, it turns out that while I'm dumb enough to like have gone through this whole thing, he was like the worst scammer ever, which is why it took me so long to realize it was a scam because this was over the course of like five days. Yeah, usually, like, the good scammers, they, like, pressure (laughs) you. Yeah, they call you, and they're like, this is a tax emergency. Like, give me a Google Play number. But over the course of five days, he's like, oh, yes, I want to get this dress for my girlfriend. Oh, can you add a card? Oh, I'll pay you extra $50 for the inconvenience. Oh, can you add Google Play cards? Oh, can you take a picture of them? Oh, wait, now can you scratch them? I really prefer them scratched. I was like, okay, yeah, I know I was dumb for buying them at all and, like, giving you the benefit of the doubt, but you are truly terrible at doing this scam, especially over Vinted, because it's, like, how it works is someone can, like, they buy something, and then you ship it to them, and once they mark that it's received and, like, in normal condition, you get the money. So it's yeah. not, so, like, I probably could have shipped it, like, it was just so stupid, It was so fucking stupid. I'm like, you are an idiot if you think anyone's going to buy these cards and send you multiple pictures of them with all the codes. Why would I do that? 
Like, there's literally no reason why I would ever do that. But the dress is still in your possession, though, right? God damn it, yes. Okay, no, thank God, Caitlin, because if... if I was actually really afraid that you were going to tell me that you had sent the dress and these Google Play things without receiving payment from this person. Like, you were no. being such a good Samaritan that you were <sighs> like, yes, I will send the dress and the Google Play music stuff and the card, baby, baby. And then only realizing there is no baby. No, and that's why I'm saying he's such a bad scammer because when this when he first brought up the concept of Google Play gift cards, like any person, I was like, Google Play, no one uses that except for scams. So I looked on Vinted and I was like, okay, there's there's no way for me to send this dress to this person and not get money for it because they would have to like basically make a claim and like go through a lot of hoops to prove that like I did not send them the thing. It, we would have never gotten to that point. But this fucking guy made me go through five days of thinking I'm getting fucking money for this stupid dress. Oh. And Wait, what size is it? What size is the dress? It's a two. Wait, a two is too big for you? It's ready to wear. It's like from the runway. So I thought that it would be really small. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I like can't wrap my head around a size two. I've never been a size two. At the age of two, I was a size six. I've never... <laughs> That's the thing is I feel like I'm a size two in other things. So for this dress, I was like, well, I'm probably a four even because it's like for models. I, I don't know why this dress is so large. It makes no sense. <sighs> and now it's mine forever. And no one's getting it for their birthday. You there should is really no baby. get it tailored. You should really get it tailored. I don't think I can. I'll show you pictures of it after this because it's like a sh it's like chiffon. Anyway, no one cares about this. But I have a bad scammer woman. story, though. You do? Yeah. Oh my God, thank God. Oh, also, I've been trying to make up for this by offering Billy Google Play gift cards for like <laughs> everything. Like he, <laughs> he like made me breakfast and I was like, I got you something to say thank you. <laughs> it's a Google Play gift card. Like we don't even know anyone who has an Android. I'm, uh, I'm so fucking mad at this person. And I also just feel like so, I'm the person. I bought the Google Play gift cards. No one buy them. SOS, don't buy them ever. Just give your friend cash if you want to give them a Google Play gift card for their birthday. No one really wants them. Can you do me a favor? And the next time that you're in this type of situation, can you just call me real quick? Just just call me or text, you know, and just say like, baby, this thing is happening. Baby, what do it you went think? on for so long. What kind of person would spend that much time to get $200 of Google Play? I don't get it. It's the worst so yes but I will yeah I also have like a dumb scam a scammer story okay, okay so when I was living in the states uh in the three and a half years that I was in the states actually I'm gonna say three years because I only opened a bank account after like six months but okay in the three years that I had a bank account in the U.S. and like a debit and credit card in the U.S. they were defrauded like five times which to me seems like a lot because before that in the entire time I was in Canada it had never happened to me at some point I see this like uh uh, this charge on my credit card. And I'm like, I don't recognize this. And then I like look up where it's from and it's from like a UK men's clothing website. So I'm like, well, no one here obviously did this or whatever. Like, I'm like, this is not, this is not any of us. And so I call the credit card company and I'm like, Hey, this is not me. Like, I don't know how this happened. And they're like, yeah, they're like, they're like, Oh, is your like credit card information saved on your computer? 
And I was like, yes. And they were like, yeah, like, you know, hackers can sometimes like get it, you know, like if you like make a purchase on a website, like sometimes they're able to like get your credit card number and like your shipping information and like a billing information and like all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, okay. So note to everybody, do not save your credit card information on your computer, even though it's really tempting. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, obviously cancel my card, issue me a new one. And, and then I got a refund. Oh, also the purchase was for like $700. So I was like, what did this person buy? I got the answer two weeks later when I got a pair of size 12 men's Yeezy Desert Boots shipped to me because this dumbass put shipping address the same as his billing address. And I already knew that apparently this scammer, like the purchase was done from Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, whoever this dumbass in Nashville, Tennessee, who bought Yeezy Boots on a British website for whatever reason, got them shipped to my apartment. Tell me that you kept them. I sold them and I made $300. Yes. Actually, I think it was more than that. I think I made like $400 on those. Yes, that's why he got them from the freaking UK probably because you can't, I'm sure they were sold out in the States. Oh my God, that's awesome. Oh, that's the opposite of my story. (laughs) I bought the expensive thing and got scammed and didn't make money. And you didn't buy anything expensive. And yet, here you are. The world is not fair. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, today's theme, today's crime, a lot more serious than what we just talked about. Natural born killers. I don't know if people could guess what this is about, but it's about killer children. That's, yeah, that's it. That's all I need to say. It's about killer children. Oh my God. Do you want to go first or should I go first this week? I can go first and... Just on the heels of my story, I want to tell you that one of the things I found out about in my research was the idea of a juvenile super predator, um, which is exactly what it sounds like, a teen who is just committing crimes. And uh, I feel like I've been attacked personally by a juvenile super predator. (sighs) But anyway. He's 18 and... (laughs) I hate myself. But I like, don't even know what to say. I know, but like that, oh, I, I, there's nothing to say. The only thing you can say is you're freaking dumbass, and now you have to get an Android phone so that you can make use of these gift cards. But this is Google's fault. They should be returnable. Why can't I return them? I didn't open them. Like, ugh, whatever. Anyway, so today, I'm not bitter, but I am talking about the case of Lionel Tate. Lionel Tate. Lionel Tate was the youngest American person to be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay. Yeah. So just sit right off the top. That's what makes this case a special. So this happened in July of 1999 and we are in Florida in a place whose name I didn't write down, but it's in Florida and it's chilling really. So Lionel Tate, he was born in 1987. So at the time of this crime in 1999, he was 12 years old. So he's living with his mom. He's got a single mom and he had moved around and stayed with a lot of different family members growing up because his mom was like in the army and so she had to do a lot of international traveling and like living on bases and things like that so he had only been living with her for like a month before this event took place so he's at home with his mom Kathleen and his mom was supposed to be 
babysitting her friend's daughter and the daughter's name is Tiffany and she's six years old. So I'm already scared. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) We have Lionel, he's 12, Kathleen, the mom, and then Tiffany, who's six. So on the night in question, uh, Lionel's mom had apparently been working like night duty for the Army Reserve the night before. She's supposed to work at night again. So she's got these two kids. She feeds them dinner. She's like, Lionel's 12. They'll take care of themselves. I'm going to go lay down before my night shift. So she did. And what happened next, I honestly could not find a real description from any one person. But essentially, during the time that Lionel's mom was asleep, which was maybe it was like 6 p.m., it was like after 6, and she was asleep until about 10.30 p.m. So she's sleeping. That's a long nap. Yeah, I mean, she probably, like, you really can't nap at that time. You're just going to pass out and wake up at, like, 11 and be like, well, I guess I'm awake now. I don't even know when her night shift would have started, because usually they start at, like, Eight. Eight, like not in the literal middle of the night. But anyway, so yeah, she she passed the F out. I'm sure she was just like dying because the night shift is the worst. So at 1040, she said that Lionel woke her up. He knocked on her bedroom door and woke her up and said that Tiffany was not breathing. So Kathleen goes downstairs and she did CPR and called 911. Um, While she was waiting, she was trying to resuscitate Tiffany, but she said she was, like, not responsive. She was cold, and it looked like she had, like, thrown up before uh, Kathleen had come downstairs. Yeah, so obviously something's very wrong. And actually, I read that Kathleen's first thought was that she had something she cooked and served Tiffany had, like, given her food poisoning. So that's where she's at mentally. She's like, did I give her food poisoning somehow? And she also called Tiffany's mom and was like, something's wrong. Does she have asthma because she's not breathing? So she she's just like, has no idea what's going on. She's like, food poisoning, asthma attack, like some outside force has done this. She does not even think about Lionel, like period. Of course not. Yeah, yeah because why would you? So Tiffany is taken to the hospital where she's pronounced dead. Oof. I know. It's so sad. And she's just so little and and sweet. Her picture's so cute. She's got like pigtails and everything. But so the autopsy showed that Tiffany had a fractured skull, a broken rib, internal hemorrhaging, cuts and bruises like all over her body. And she also had a lacerated liver, which means that her liver had actually like separated. Like it had been cut. It had been cut. And, like, floated, like, apart. So, yeah, so she's, like, very severely injured. One of the expert test expert witnesses who gave testimony said that her injuries were comparable to a fall from a three-story building. Whoa. Yeah, which is... Holy crap. A very, yeah, like, dramatic thing to imagine. So, yeah, but hold up. Something doesn't add up, though, because if I'm Kathleen and I come downstairs. Like, it sounds like this body was pretty mangled up. So, like, why would her first thought be food poisoning? I'm guessing that a lot of the injuries, like, it sounds like they're internal. So, 
if um, she, you know, if you, she comes running downstairs, she's got this little girl who's, like, not responsive. She's closed, so if she had, like, cuts and bruises, she probably didn't see them. But, you know, like, lacerated liver, broken rib, internal hemorrhaging are probably the things that killed her. So she probably couldn't tell just from looking at her. But, yeah, it sounded pretty, pretty horrific. But I honestly struggled with that comparison. Like these injuries are are comparable to coming from a third story building, like falling. I don't know. It just doesn't seem particularly relevant almost. Okay. I don't know okay. if I'm saying that, if that's what I'm trying to get across. But as I read more and more about this case, I was just like, I understand. But it's it's sort of like apples and oranges almost. Mm. Um if that makes sense. I just yeah. didn't think that comparison like spoke at all to what happened. So it's just kind of very dramatic sounding. I it mean, also not- sounds like, it almost sounds like uh, something that happens, you know, like, like it's like a passive thing. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, like it's like falling from a third story window. Like it yeah. almost sounds like, like, yeah, but there's like no one at fault kind of thing. It's like, oh, you just mm-hmm. like fell or whatever. Versus like if somebody, maybe something more appropriate would have been like, I should have been hit by a car. Yeah. That would have been a been car more, accident or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. It's basically a non-helpful comparison in my view, but this is what a person said. So point being her injuries are really bad. And she's, like I said, six years old. She was a little girl. She was like 45 pounds. So she was very tiny. Whereas Lionel, 12 years old, he's almost six feet tall and he was 170 pounds. And pictures of him, he had I'm a sorry. chubby. What? He was a chonky, large ass kid. So I'm pretty sure this is the first time on the show where, uh, well, yeah, I mean, no, sorry. I was going to say it's the first time on the show we like talk about a man who is heavier than me, but that's not true. But this is definitely the first time a child is heavier than me. That's insane. Yeah. Like he was a big ball of dough. So that so he he vastly vastly outweighs this little girl. He is much bigger than her. He is 12, but I mean, 6 feet tall and 170 pounds, that's like the size of an adult man. Um, was his father in the NBA? Like I just I don't I also do, like I don't understand. Like even like like my siblings and I were gigantic when we were 12. Yeah. But like we were nowhere well I guess we were near six feet but like we weren't at six feet I don't know that's insane yeah I mean he was just fucking big he could probably like buy beer at the liquor store probably although when you look at his he has such a little chubby cheeks baby face but honestly if someone with a baby face came in and was that tall I'd be like yeah I guess (laughs) like what what you drinking Hoss? like (laughs) that is a big child and a very tiny child so you know Lionel's mom left them alone together she thought it was okay but this is where this case gets a little bit odd so actually I'm I'll I'll bring this up now so part of um Lionel's mother's testimony when she was describing the evening she said that earlier Tiffany complained of a stomach ache a sore neck and said she had hurt her face when the children threw a video cassette in the air and it landed on her. So already I'm thinking like, Kathleen, maybe you shouldn't let your son watch children because he's obviously like super immature. I mean, he's a 12 year old boy. So like how mature is a 12 year old boy anyway? I don't know, Caitlin, that checks out. I feel (laughs) like that kind of, I feel like I've had cassettes fall on my face when I was six. I know me too, but I'm just like, 
so don't go to sleep. You know, you should probably stay downstairs and be like, hey, stop throwing cassettes at each other's faces, you know? You it, was know? Yeah. It, it was the 90s. It was the it was the nineties. I mean, trust me, I'm like <laughs> I'm 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 with you. I've definitely like there had are a lot of things that are abnormal. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of things about this are abnormal. This is the most normal thing you've said. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just, you know. Lionel, don't throw cassette tapes at little girls, okay? Someone needs to say that. That's just his manners. It's not even his sister. If it was his sister, that's one thing. That's like, well, you're going to do that no matter what I say. But in any case, so Tiffany was already had got hit with a video cassette because of the 90s. When Kathleen removed herself from the situation, probably like, God damn it, these kids are driving me insane and I have to go work tonight. So I'm just going to later on out of here. So that is what she did. Now, Lionel, so as soon as Tiffany's pronounced dead, by the way, Lionel is, he's arrested the same day because he's like, oh, like the police ask him what happened and he says a bunch of different shit, but he's kind of like takes responsibility for it. He's like, yeah, I, when we were playing, I threw her into like the railing by accident and (sighs) then I was trying to throw her on the sofa and she hit the wall so he's basically describing that they were playing and like all of a sudden she was not okay oh no so he got arrested that same day and he yeah said a bunch of different things he said at one point he picked her up and she hit her head on the coffee table. He threw her over here and she hit the handrail. It's just, yeah, it's all terrible sounding. And nobody can really put their finger on what actually happened because the prosecution is saying these injuries are so severe. He couldn't have done anything but like knowingly and willingly beat this child to death. But the defense ends up going with something unprecedented, I guess, which was they said that Lionel was basically, you know, a gentle giant. He doesn't know his own strength. He's freaking massive and thinks he's tiny, like a puppy. Like that guy in Mice and Men, the character from Mice and Men. I've never read that. But I do know you what you're to. referring okay. to. I know. Okay. It's it's a great, it's really embarrassing for me, but my education before seventh grade was very dark. So I didn't, I have not read a bunch of the classics because of it. But yes, exactly like that. Lenny, what was the guy's name? Yeah, I think it's Lenny, yeah. So like that, so they're saying, oh, he's this big gentle giant. He doesn't realize how much stronger he is than this little tiny child. And he is a huge fan of pro wrestling. So I was going to say that I was going to, when you, when you were like mentioning what, like what he said happened, I was like, it's like he was playing WrestleMania. He was basically playing WrestleMania is what the defense says. And he having been a viewer of pro wrestling is like, oh, you know, when call back to Dwayne, the rock Johnson maker of tequila, like does a suplex to this guy, the guy gets up because it's not real. But according to the defense, Lionel doesn't understand that, so he just thinks, like, I can do this, and no one's going to get hurt, much less die. So Honestly, I I mean, okay, depending on his IQ, I actually think that that defense makes sense. And from what I read, his IQ was on the lower end of average. So he was in the 25th percentile of his age range, but not— That's very low. He didn't have, like, you know— a really, I, I don't know. So yeah, so it's quite low, but it's not like unusually low. Um, 
to the point that people usually like will bring up in this type of case. But yeah, he's not super bright. He's big. I'm, I'm there for it, honestly. So, but one of the things the attorney does is he actually tries to get pro wrestlers to testify and he ends up getting sued by the WWF because they're like, this is libel. Stop blaming us for like this murder. Um, So (laughs) that did not go well. Yeah, that that did not go well. Um, That backfired. Yeah, it backfired. He made a huge mistake. So let me see here. No, that's literally wrong. I wrote something down wrong. But uh, long and short of it is that he's always 12 when this happens. By January of... I think 2001, so he's 14 by by this time. He is convicted of first-degree murder of six-year-old Tiffany Eunuch. The trial lasted for six days. So under Florida's statutory, like under their statutes, I should say, because he's convicted of first-degree murder, he has no choice. The judge has to sentence him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So that's just what happened. And one of the things I read was that, like, the jury didn't want to send him to prison for life. They thought that was way too extreme for a 12-year-old, but there was nothing they could do. Like, they, when they found him guilty, this is what was going to follow, and that's... That was all that could happen at that time. Florida. Um, Dude. So a lot of what I read was, oh, let me also just say specifically his charges. Felony murder predicated upon the commission of aggravated child abuse and premeditated murder. So this is what happens. He's sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So in reading about this case, I learned... First of all, the term juvenile super predator, which I've spent all day trying to think of a good way to rhyme it because we know about stranger danger. We know about Mm. satanic panic. Yeah. But we've never heard of juvenile super predator. It feels like there's something right there, like teen. Oh. Teen. I don't know. I can't get there. Um, Ooh, I'll I'll figure something out. Right? It's like, yeah, I I just can't get there. But juvenile (laughs) super predator is the term that, that comes up. So, in the 90s, in America, many states changed their juvenile justice statutes to expand the circumstances under which juveniles could be transferred or filed directly against an adult court. So, in the 90s, it became super prevalent that as a child, if you committed a certain crime, you could be tried as an adult or you could be transferred from juvie to an adult prison, like, pretty fucking easily and one of the like one of the reasons this happened was this juvenile super predator shit people there was a perceived increase in juvenile access to drugs gun culture gangs like also political advantageousness played a part but basically everyone in the 90s was like oh my god teens they're running around fueled by drugs they have guns everyone's in a gang like they're doing yeah but i love i love that they're blaming teens for that yeah, because it's like, exactly. even if you have a teen so who's true. like, like even that's if you so have true. a teen who's hopped up on drugs and who <laughs> owns guns, it's like, is that really that teen's fault? Who yes. put that in his or her hands? Yes, the parents are like, oh my God, when I was a kid, you couldn't get drugs this easily. God, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah. so yes, exactly. Instead of uh, taking the blame and... First of all, actually, this wasn't even happening. This is a fake thing, like satanic panic. 
There was no juvenile super predators. People, for some reason, were just more aware. There was like a lot of, not a lot, but there was a handful of really um, highly, like a lot in the media. A lot in the media. There was a lot in the media. I will say though, Caitlin, you tricked me. What? You successfully tricked me because when you started the story and you and you said the word juvenile super predator, I believed it. I was like, and then you started talking about Lionel and I was like, all right, so he murders this six-year-old. Who else has he murdered? What else has he done? But from what it sounds like, this was a one-time incident. He may or may not have meant to do it. I, I am willing to give the, the benefit of the doubt to say like maybe there was some premeditation or maybe... The defense is correct. Gentle giant, low IQ, didn't realize what he was doing. You know, like, but you got me though. Even just the term juvenile super predator, I was like, that's a thing. I, I was literally, like, I would have been one of those people watching all of the media being like, I need to, uh, I, I need to, where are your kids tonight? Like, I, I would literally, been like, yes. The people were watching the media and understanding that their teens were full of guns and drugs and wantonly murdering other people. However, they were not doing that. Um, so, but yeah, a lot of like televised, you know, I think it was in the early or the late nineties rather when televised court really became a thing. Um, well, O.J. Simpson was one of the first, right? Yeah, and when was that, 96 or something? 95, 90. 96, yeah. So this was in 99 and there were a few cases around this same time where it was like a adolescent boy who killed somebody so you know people just confirmation bias or whatever the hell the term is they were like oh my god i've seen three tv shows about this which means everyone's doing it and juveniles are super predators which (sighs) they are in some ways they try to scam you on the internet but (laughs) that doesn't mean that we should send them to adult prison (laughs) that's my soapbox but so he's sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. But his attorney, while well, he hires a new attorney who appeals this case for him. So he's sentenced as an adult. He's in an adult facility, but he only ends up being there for, I think a little bit more than three years. It's like between three and four years because on appeal, his convictions are returned. So. Yeah, but really- honestly, Caitlin, <laughs> like, ugh, I don't want to be a bummer, but if you're 13, and you're going to an adult prison for three years, like that in itself, I think is just... Put a pin in that. We'll definitely get back to that. You are absolutely right. This was a very damaging experience for Lionel. I have no doubt about that. So, but what happened on appeal was that the issue of competence was brought up. So normally competency refers to someone's ability to understand that what they're doing is wrong, like in the moment, right? So you could say, I was sleepwalking or what have you. (laughs) But in this case, his attorney was arguing that he was 12. So he was too young to understand basically the legal proceedings. He didn't have have enough grasp to realize how the seriousness, the gravity of what was happening to him. So during his initial trial, he had been offered a plea deal by the prosecutor. The prosecutor actually didn't want him to go to prison for life. He was like, not about that. But then why charge him with first degree murder? Because he had, that he felt he had to. He felt that that was the correct charge. So fuck that's you, what he Fuck did. you. I'm sorry, but like, no, no, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, like, even if you think, like, I'm, oh, no, mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. I hear that. I hear that. For a 12 year old, you could have done like voluntary manslaughter or like second degree, but like mm-hmm. first degree premeditated murder, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. knowing all too well that it's going to be life in prison, then I, like, the, I'm sorry, but that prosecutor didn't work hard enough for a plea bargain. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, I think everything you're saying is totally valid. So, but uh, from his interview, his quote was that he had many sleepless bullshit nights deciding whether or not to bring this charge. He did it. So <laughs> fucking did it. Just do it. <laughs> so, but he offers him this plea deal. It's like three years in juvie, a year of counseling or something, and then 10 years probation. But his mom, Lionel's mom was like, no. She was like, the jury will hear the evidence against my child and acquit him. So Lionel, because he's 12, is like, okay, cool. Like, let's go with what my mom says. She's my fucking mom. Like, if I was 12, are you kidding? So they offer this deal to him, by the way, like multiple times. And his mom is like, no, they're going to quit him. Don't, you'll just wait. You'll see. He doesn't get acquitted. He gets sent to fucking life. So, but fortunately he hires this great attorney who uh, submits his appeal. And the issue comes up that nobody ordered competency evaluation and the appeal suggested that like maybe you should always do a competency evaluation if it's a juvenile being tried as an adult. No fucking shit. <laughs> so that's not a thing. So maybe we should work on that. So yeah, the lawyer was like, um, he was fucking 12. So can we not? Um, he was not competent, not because he like has a mental disability or something of that nature, because he was a literal little child in this big chunky body. That's, um, I was just about to say that. I was about to say if he hadn't big, if he hadn't been as big as he was, I bet you anything like they w- there would have been a different charge or like the jury might might have swayed a different way. Mm-hmm. And it bears mentioning that Lionel, both Lionel and Tiffany are African American, so and in. I read so many statistics about this, but minorities, children are much, much, much more affected by this uh, juvenile, like, transfer to adult prison. So, there, I mean, everything I read was, like, if there's X percent of juvenile offenders who, like, sell drugs, twice the person. So, oh God, I'm doing the worst job of explaining this. But basically, minorities. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. So juveniles, minority juvenile offenders are twice as likely basically to be transferred to an adult prison. And there's, I mean, historically in America and probably globally, for some reason, like children who are minorities are viewed as older. Like, and Caitlin, the reason is racism. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> But also, yes, I will say yes. it's it's specifically though it's specifically Black and African American children. Yeah, yeah. So it's like ugh. because on yeah. the other end, on the other end of that, Asian Americans or, or the Asian population, they're constantly infantilized. Like they're fetishized as like little girls. You know what I mean? Gross. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But yeah. So if you're like the race aspect is yeah, probably people were looking at him and be like not thinking of him as a 12 year old child because he was big for his age. And because he's black, people just project that age or that like, I don't know, maturity level. Yeah. I mean, it's totally fear. It's like, Oh, here's this big black person. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's still 12. Mm -hmm. Like, like, yeah, he's big. He's still 12. Yep. 
Yep. He's still 12. He is a little baby too. Like he, he, the thing he did was terrible and nobody's denying that, but I don't believe that he did it on purpose. And I don't believe that children should be sent fucking adult prison when they're 14. That's horrifying. So this whole, this is the nineties. It's a dark time for all of us. There's a lot of kids being sentenced to adult terms in prison, but he gets out on appeal after only four years. Uh, He goes back to signing that original plea deal. So he'll do counseling and he'll do 10 years of probation. But to your point, prison definitely fucked up Lionel somewhat because he was arrested for violating his parole in May of 2005. And it was this fucking ridiculous story that I honestly don't know if any of it's true. It was some stupid thing where like, he's at his neighbor's apartment, who's his friend, and they order a pizza. And Lionel like waved a gun at the pizza guy and like tried to rob him maybe. I don't know. It just all sounded fucking made up. But ultimately they did search his, he was living with his mom. They searched her apartment and they found a gun like hidden under his mattress. So he definitely had a gun, which was the parole violation. Yeah. But he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. For having a gun? I think for robbing the pizza guy and for the probation violation. So... But 30 years? Here's what I noticed when I was researching this. It was the same judge who sentenced him the first time. Oh, fuck that guy. Is he white? Probably, but I don't know. But most likely. Uh, His name was like... Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, he's part, he has a very white-sounding name. His but. name was William Rehnquist III. <laughs> he sounds like a dick. But yeah, he he sentenced him. He Lionel, like, pled guilty and said, and part of his guilty plea was that he would get 10 to 30 years. And the judge chose 30. And he was like, the, you've had your chance, Lionel. Like, you got out of prison one time, but now I'm throwing the book at you because I'm a complete no, piece of shit. No, fuck you. You put yeah. a 12-year-old in adult jail. He was misadjusted, perhaps, obviously, after the fact. He owned a gun. He violated his parole. He shouldn't have done that. I think we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Put him back in jail for a little bit if you want to do that. Maybe, mm-hmm. Maybe a jail not full of hardened criminals. Uh, or maybe just give him more counseling, but give him 30 years. 30 years for this ridiculous story where someone was like, um, I saw him yelling at the pizza man with a gun. And it's like, the pizza guy's fucking fine, by the way. No one hurt him. He's okay. It's the stupidest. It's just so annoying. It's truly obnoxious. But now he's back in prison for 30 years. Because, yeah, you're pro- I mean, he, maybe he did do that. Like, sure, maybe he did wave a gun at a pizza guy. But if he did that, it's probably because he was in adult prison and there's no chance for him to adjust to a normal life, like, at all. So. I'm really I, mad about this story. I know. It's quite. Uh, let me just make you even more mad by reading you this final quote. And this was from the judge. I'll just say Judge Richard. Tuttle, who presided over America's first juvenile court, and it opened in July of 1899. So it's July in 1899. People are like, oh, my child who's five can go work in the coal mines. Like, that's where we're at with kids, right? It's 1899. But even at that time, the judge was like, no child under 16 should be considered or treated as a criminal. A child under that age shall not be arrested, indicted, convicted, imprisoned or punished as a criminal. So in 1899, we thought more progressively about juvenile offenders than we do now. 
Yeah, but Florida doesn't count. It's a lot of states, though. <laughs> it's a lot of states. It's not just Florida. I wish it was just Florida, but yeah. there's a good amount of them who are worried about super predators that are juvenile. Well, wasn't that like very recently passed by the Supreme Court that to put a juvenile in jail, like in um, to life in prison without the possibility of parole, technically is unconstitutional because it is cruel and unusual and unusual punishment. Yes, I did read that. So <laughs> I can't believe the Supreme Court had to rule on that. It's to be honest, impressive. like I actually can't believe that like state governments couldn't agree on that on their own. Like it had to go to the Supreme Court. No, they couldn't. And it's, you know, a lot of the reason is political, like oh, tough gosh. on crime. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I read was like, oh, this kid was going. I don't think it was Lionel Tate specifically, but it was someone his age range who'd done something similar and you know, they weren't going to do something terrible to him. And then the politician's opponent was like, you're soft on crime. So he was like, well, no, watch me. I'm going to send this 13-year-old to prison because I'm tough. You know what makes me super fucking mad? What? Okay, so this term, like, juvenile super predator. Like, yeah, like this kid who's, like, 13 who, like, kills someone probably accidentally mm -hmm. gets the book, like, thrown at him or whatever. Mm -hmm. But let me flip that phrase around and say a super predator of juveniles like fucking Jeffrey Epstein got to walk around in Florida, by the way. Yes. For, like, all of the, like, basically through all of the 90s. Florida is the upside down. Yeah. Everything yeah. backwards. That's really accurate. The juvenile super predators are in prison while the pre super predators of juveniles walk free. BB gets Yeezys and then makes money on them. <laughs> and I get shit and lose money on Google Play. Ugh, nothing's right. So that's my case. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Fucking what a bummer. huge fucking bummer. Okay, well, I'm so mad. <laughs> But Florida is the upside down needs to be a t-shirt, I think. <laughs> we're like, yeah. God. I was going to say we're like on one, on one end, it says like juvenile super predator. And then like in reflection underneath, it's super predator juveniles. But yeah. no one's going to want to wear that because that is the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. I would definitely wear that. Oh my God. If I saw that at a thrift store, I'd be like, what is this? I must own her. Never put me in charge of merch. I will do all of our merch and it's all going to be completely bonkers. And <laughs> if no one buys it, good. Cause yeah. Oh God. Okay. Well, I am curious to know what you're going to think about my case. Cause my case is like the opposite of yours. Yeah. Okay. Actually. Yeah. My case is the exact opposite of yours. Should we rename this episode the upside down? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right. You all know right. what? Maybe we should actually. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so my sources are Wikipedia, Murderpedia, Boredom Therapy, all that is interesting, news.com.au, so basically like an Australian news website. Dope. Okay, so what's really interesting about my case, there are two things that I think that are super interesting about my case. Well, actually, the first one's not that interesting, but I need to point it out. I actually had like a million sources for this, but they all said the exact same thing. So that's why like I just gave you like five websites, but like I actually read like through like probably like 12 websites, but they all had the same information Two though. So actually in Canada, the name of the offender is under a publication ban because they were 12 when the murders occurred. Okay. And however, this publication ban does not extend to other countries. So if you look up this case and you read U.S. news, Australian news, yeah. whatever other news, you can actually find this person's name. 
I don't know if I'm allowed or not, so I'm not going to use their name because I don't want to get us in trouble. Okay, sounds good. So I can't, I cannot use this person's first name or last name, but I, I will use uh, the other people in the story. I will use their first names. Okay. And there's another offender who is over 18. And so I can use his full name. Go. Okay. Just so we're on the same page, just so people okay. aren't fucking confused. Okay. Sounds good. Medicine Hat is a small city about 300 kilometers or 183 stupid miles south of Calgary. It's actually the sixth largest city in Alberta. And due to its large natural gas fields, it's also called the Gas City. As if Medicine Hat wasn't bad enough. Gas (laughs) City, like, oh my God. That's one thing too. Like, as I was like writing about this, I was like, you know, because I'm so, I'm Canadian. I'm so used to knowing about Medicine Hat that I forgot how weird of a name that is. Like two random nouns together. Why? Why? I just, every time I hear medicine hat and I've heard it more than I ever thought I would in my life, which is to say like three times. That's a lot though for a non-Canadian. I know. I just picture like a nurse's hat full of syringes. Like what is, what is a medicine hat? Is it a thing? Um, I don't know. You know what I bet it was? Like maybe it used to be, there used to be a Native American name. And, and then just, like Europeans came in and they were like, what is that? And then they, they were like, oh, we can't say that word. So we're going to say medicine hat. Fucking probably. So stupid. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. So it's in medicine hat on the morning of April 23rd, 2006, that a young boy is peeping through the windows of neighboring houses. As he approaches a gray weatherboard split level house, the home of his friend Jacob, he notices that the blinds have been pulled up on the basement windows. He creeps up to the glass and peers inside. On the ground, in a pool of blood, lay the the bodies of Mark and Deborah R. When the police were called, they made another gruesome discovery. The couple's eight-year-old son, Jacob, had died among his blood-splattered toys. His throat had been violently slashed, and he had been stabbed five times. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the authorities were on high alert when they learned that the family's 12-year-old daughter, Jay, was missing. Fearing that the attacker had kidnapped Jay and that this may even have been the motive for the murders, they immediately dispatched an Amber Alert for the missing 12-year-old. Suspicions quickly turned to Jay's 23-year-old boyfriend, Jeremy Steinke. Hold on. Wait, what year is it? This was in 2006. And how old is Jay? 12. Oh my god. And why does everyone in this story have a name that starts with Jay? I don't, I don't know. Well, it's just, oh, you're right. That's three people so far. Mm. You're right. That's confusing. Well, 12 to 23. Yeah. That's, that's honestly, so I can't fucking deal with that. Okay. Keep, keep going. All right. Jeremy had a checkered past. His mother had a dependence oh, to alcohol. You don't say. <laughs> checkered future too. Um, <laughs> his mother had a dependence to alcohol and he was frequently abused by his mother's partners at home. School wasn't any easier. He was bullied and at the age of 13 was diagnosed with hyperactivity and depression. As a teenager, Jeremy attempted suicide. He wore a vial of blood around his neck, a la Angelina Jolie, yeah. but he took his goth aesthetic to another level when he claimed to be a 300-year-old werewolf. So he's dating a 12-year-old and he wants to pretend he's even older. Yeah. This is so upsetting. I will say though, like I do have empathy for this person because like very clearly they had a horrible childhood. Um, And so, yeah, like when you have a horrible childhood, like you might grow up a little. I'm more upset at Jay's parents right now who weren't like, honey. No, 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 no. Just just you hold on now. Okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 
All right, so he created a profile on vampirefreaks.com. Ooh. Perhaps the most normal thing he did was attend a punk rock concert, which is where he met 12-year-old Jay in early 2006. Who was there with her parents, right? No, she was there with friends. (gasps) My kids are never leaving the house. Keep going. The two started chatting online and eventually fell in love. Jay's parents noticed a change in her almost immediately after she met Jeremy. She went from clean cut to goth, from fresh face to wearing dark black eyeliner and nail polish. And her wardrobe was perhaps a little too punk rock for their taste. Mm, She sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) She then also created a profile on vampirefreaks.com and spent hours chatting with Jeremy on the platform. Her profile name was Runaway Devil, and she claimed to be 15. Her profile also included the words, welcome to my tragic end. Okay, I hate to say it, but everything you're saying is me at that age. I was going to say, like, I was not quite that extreme, but I I, yeah. I did. But, you know, I was emotional. You know, I had I had uh, feelings. I wasn't a vampire freak, but I was definitely emo enough to say something like, welcome to my tragic end. There you go. I like, feel like <laughs> I didn't say that, but I feel like all of my friends did. Also, I only basically communicated in song lyrics at, that I would put on my MSN messenger so people would know what kind of mood I was in. Sometimes I have flashbacks to the song lyrics I would post and like my my font was so light gray that it was almost illegible. But I was just I like see that about you. Gray is like fucking cool and chill. I can't. I yeah, I I was this child sort of, but not because I would if a 23-year-old, if a 13-year-old tried to talk to me, I would have been like, oh my God, like fuck. I was a late bloomer. So Yeah, I mean so <laughs> Actually, I'm going to, I actually can't, I don't think I can post a photo of her again because of publication mm-hmm. bans, yeah. but I'm going to send it to you though in our chat, Caitlin, because I will say this about, about her. She looks like an adult. Like she, if she looks like she could buy liquor at a liquor store. Like when I saw a photo of her, I was like, this is insane. Mama mia. Let me know when you've seen it. It's loading. It's loading. Very slow. And and I'm not, by the way, I'm not like trying to excuse the fact that this guy was hitting on, even if he thought she was 15, even if he was like, she's not yeah. 12, like she's still 15 and he's still 23. Like there's not like, you you know, I, it's not defensible in any way. Yeah. Um, but uh, just the shock of like seeing a photo of her and me being like, why does she look so old? Yes. Her picture, she definitely looks at minimum 15 she doesn't, when I was 12, I did not look like that at all. I looked like I was eight. Um, yes, she is really pretty. I mean, yeah, if I if I saw her, though, in person, I would probably not assume she was 12. But I would also not assume she was 23. And I would also go home and stop talking to 12-year-olds. Yeah. But no, so, that's true. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so there's just kind of like something kind of disturbing about that already where it's like, wow, like she looks like a full-fledged adult. Anyway, so Jeremy's profile was, his name, his profile name was Soul Eater. Ew! So wholesome. I hate him. All right. So when Jay's parents discovered that she was actually dating a 23-year-old man who was unemployed and a high school dropout, they did what most parents would do and forbade the relationship. They were like, listen, if you're going to date a 23-year-old, he better have a full-time job. Come on. Yeah. I will say, though, like, from the point of view of the parents, they probably thought, like, yeah, we're going to, you know, let her have some independence and, like, go to concerts with, like, her friends. Like, I think the first time I went to a concert, I was 12. And I went with, like, a, a it was Simple Plan. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so jealous. <gasps> and I went with a bunch of my friends. And so they probably thought that they were doing the right thing. But then yeah. so 
Suddenly it's like two weeks later, she's like, oh yeah, like I have a boyfriend who's old enough to vote to buy alcohol. I mean, and that's such a, I think that that has to be one of the scariest parts about being a parent because they're like, okay, we'll let her go to this concert and like be cool. And then she'll respect us. And then she starts dating a 23 year old and they're, they're probably like, well, if we tell her she can't date him, she'll run away with him and he's 23. So like, that's realistic and we'll never see her again. So how do we keep her and also keep her safe? That's so scary. I will say one thing. I don't know if they did. They might have. I wonder if they called the police. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. (laughs) No, no, no. But like, maybe they didn't. Yeah. Like maybe they didn't, but like, I think if it were, I think if it were my daughter, I would have, I would have like called the police. Like I would have been like, like, Hey, my daughter's going to hate me for this, but also this person's a fucking predator. Anonymous tip. Statutory rape is coming. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. Anyway. So, uh, in response to Jay's parents banning the relationship, Jeremy wrote on his MySpace, MySpace page. Oh, you're going to hate this. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for you to say MySpace. I'm going to, I'm going to read it dramatically though. Okay. Payment. My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume as their greed continues to consume. She is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. It's total bullshit. Their throats. I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see to it that they're gone. They shall pay for their insolence, which by the way was misspelled. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Honestly, the f- okay, the fact that he went through with it makes this absolutely not funny. But I just think that this particular thing just shows you like this person's state of mind and what kind of like- Delusion. Delusion and crazy drama they were just perpetrating. Please never call a 12-year-old your lover. There's never a time when that's acceptable. Even if you think she's 15, what the fuck? Any amount of child is just not not anyone's lover. That's the worst poem I've ever heard. Rhyming insolence with silence. Yeah. I can't, I, that's so bad. Oh my God, MySpace. Oh, red flags, alarm bells. My lovers, okay, honestly, Lovers, rents, uh, the two is the two worst words in the English language. Rent, also, you can you can fucking it. add one syllable. That people have ever said rents instead of parents makes me want to projectile vomit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm no. just gonna leave it at that. I prefer the parentals as a term myself. I would accept parentals. Yeah, but rents is just so bad. So yeah, so, so you kind of get a. He's a glimpse a, of this guy's weed. Like, yeah. what a freaking geek! Oh my god. Like, she sounds like your typical emo preteen, and he just sounds like he also somebody sounds like with, an emo preteen. But he's twenty. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. He also sounds like an emo preteen. Like, definitely some adjustment issues there. And this kind of reminds me of like the first episode we did, where like he still got like punched that guy in the face, and we were like, if he hadn't ended up doing something terrible, that would have been funny. And that's how yeah. I feel about this. It's like. If it hadn't ended up in murder, their MySpace and like vampirefreaks.com pages would have ended up being hilarious. Oh, so bad. Anyway, so his poem, he wrote it three weeks before the murders. Okay. So the police were sure that they had found their man when they found all this stuff. So, yeah. 
While the hunt is on for both the killer and his kidnapped victim, Jay, the investigation continues at the R family home. Again, can't say the last time we'll say okay. R. It's quickly determined that the matriarch of the family, Deborah, was attacked and killed first. <gasps> she was stabbed 12 times. <gasps> Mark... Mark had tried to save his family and defend himself. He had run to the basement where his wife was being attacked and tried to fight back using a screwdriver. I'm assuming he probably like just grabbed the first thing that was near him. He was no match to Jeremy and he suffered 24 stab wounds, nine of which were in the back. Oh my God. Their bodies were left to bleed out in the basement while their son was stabbed upstairs. The pathologist would later determine that a different knife was used to stab Jacob than his parents. The reason for this would become clear soon enough. Oh, no. Jacob. So police searched Jay's bedroom, school locker, and computer. What they found was not evidence of a 12-year-old being lured online by an older predator. After Jay's parents had told her she couldn't date Jeremy, she wrote to him that she had a plan. She wrote, quote, it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you, end quote. Jeremy then responded, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with, like, details and stuff. Wow, he I, sounds like such a go-getter. I can't believe he was unemployed. I... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so the, the day after the murders, Jay and Jeremy were caught in his truck driving through Saskatchewan. They were both arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. So this is important. Like, mm-hmm. the both of them were charged mm-hmm. with the three murders. Okay. At trial, the jury and media would hear more chilling details. So the couple had watched... Natural Born Killers, the night before the murder. Mm-hmm. Jeremy went on to tell one of the officers who arrested him, you ever watched the movie Natural Born Killers? I think that's the best love story of all time. He then went on, you hear about that triple homicide? Yeah, you're looking at him. Me and my old lady have become legends. It didn't bother her at all either. She didn't cry or anything. In fact, the next day we, when we were on the road, uh, effing, she was laughing about it. She's got a few screws loose too. I don't think I've ever hated anybody more. This guy is such a fucking douchebag. He's such a piece of shit. He's just like bragging about it. It's like you killed an eight-year-old. Anyway. Also, you killed the parents of, like you killed two people who were trying to protect their child. And then you called their child your old lady. Yeah. Who's 12. It's beyond. Okay. They had spent, so Jay and Jeremy, they spent, they had spent roughly three weeks planning the murder of her parents, even though they had been dating less than six months. Like they start, like it says that they started dating in early 2006, but the murders happened end of April. So, so like do the math. Most of like their they, relationship was planning a murder. Like they couldn't have been dating, even if they started dating in January, they could not have been dating more than like four months. That is so fucking disturbing. Ugh. Ugh. Jeremy had been, yeah, Jeremy had been the one to attack and kill Mark and Deborah in the basement while Jay murdered her brother Jacob upstairs. Jeremy had snuck in the basement all dressed in black. So yeah, so they watched the movie uh, and then I guess like, yeah, Jeremy dressed all in black and then snuck into the basement, somehow caught Deborah there, murdered her. Mark heard, came downstairs, he murdered Mark. Apparently Mark's last words were why? And Jeremy responded, because your daughter wanted this. Imagine that being the last thing you heard while you were stabbed by some fucking asshole. But you know what? Like, I mean... I don't know. I, obviously, like, I don't know what that moment is like, and I hope I never fucking find out. But like, there's a part of me that 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 like, even though it doesn't really change anything, there's like a part of me that wants Mark to have just not believed him, so he could die in a little bit more peace. 
There's Even though it's not really dying in peace anyway, I, I know that. I just like, I don't know. I just hope that like as he slipped away, he was like, no, my, my, my daughter wouldn't have wanted this. Even if that wasn't true, just so he wouldn't die thinking that like his daughter had ordered a hit. I hope that Jeremy made that entire thing up. And when Mark said why Jeremy was crying and was like, I'm sorry. Just maybe. Sad. Yeah. Who are we to um, believe? So Jay said that she didn't want to kill her brother, but that she thought it would be unfair to leave him without parents, which is why she had gone through with the murder. That is moronic. She, I know. She just, she testified that Jacob had actually pleaded for his life. His last words were, I'm scared. I'm too young to die. Fucking. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I um, don't know how you physically get through that. Your like, eight-year-old brother. Like, sh- children they're so small and oh that's just so sad that's so fucked yeah what a what a day she she did claim that she was not the one that slashed his throat so she admitted to the stabbing but she said that jeremy had done the slashing after she stabbed jacob i don't know why that really makes a difference but anyway but actually jeremy denies this and he says that jay had been the only one to attack her brother Hmm. I think that, okay, if I'm Jay, I would lie about that because it, to me, already it's monstrous to stab hmm. your brother five times, your eight-year-old brother five times. There's something especially fucking twisted, I think, about slashing somebody's throat after you stab them because uh, it's overkill. Yeah, yeah. And it's an yeah. eight-year-old. Yeah. So from her point of view, she's probably like, I'm going to pin this on him because, you know, he's already a fucking weirdo. He's a 300-year-old werewolf. But he was like, no, he was like, she did that part as yeah. well. Interesting. Okay, this is where this is fucked up. After their arrest, Jeremy asked Jay to marry him, and she accepted. And they They exchanged. (laughs) They exchanged letters in jail, uh, none of which showed any remorse for their actions. All of their letters were like, "I love you so much." You're amazing. Like, we're gonna go down together. We're legends. Like, marry me. Okay, yes. Ew, God. Yeah. I really fucking hate these people. Given the forensic digital evidence, there was little doubt that Jay had been the one to come up with the idea to kill her parents. But at the trial, she testified that everything she said was, quote, hypothetical, unquote, and that she never intended for them to go through with it. Seems hard to believe. Mm-hmm. She had also apparently told her friends of her plans, but none of them believed her. Which, like, I think very often when we hear about about this kind of thing, where it's like the, the person told other people like, hey, I'm going to like commit murder and the other people don't do anything. We're like, oh my God, why didn't you do anything? But they're 12. Like if you're 12 yes. and one of your 12 year old friends is like, I hate my parents because they only me date my boyfriend. Like I'm going to kill them. Like you would not believe them. Yes. When I was 12, I had a friend who said she had Aaron Carter's screen name and that they instant messaged regularly. I knew that was a lie. If she was like, I'm going to kill my mom, I'd be like, no, you're not, you fucking dumb bitch. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I would think it. I would I would hope that you would. Um, I wish. Yeah. I didn't have the nuts back then. Uh, okay. And yeah, and then Jeremy's friends testified that he had asked for help to get rid of Jay's family since they were standing in the way of their relationship. And his friends said, no, Jeremy, you're disgusting. Stop it. I'm calling the police, right? Uh, well, they probably said that first part, but not that second part. Or they were like, okay, bro. Ew. Apparently, one of his friends also made him blood cookies, which is exactly what it sounds like. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. I okay. have no so, follow-up questions. Don't ruin cookies for me, this podcast. Keep going. 
<laughs> the jury found the both of them guilty of three counts of first degree murder. And of as what? he was over 18, Jeremy was sentenced as an adult and received life without the possibility of yeah. parole for 25 years. That's good because he was a grown ass man. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, his defense had tried to make a plea bargain for second degree murder, but the prosecution refused the deal, stating that, quote, a father fart, fa- a father fought, oh my God, a father fought for his family's life. <laughs> Try to say that sentence, insane. A father fought for his family's life to his death. You had Medicine Hat police officers who mourned the loss years later of the terrible things they saw, unquote. Uh, yeah, because apparently, like, many of the officers who responded to the scene struggled with what they witnessed for many years afterwards Aww. and i think I, I read in one place that there was actually like a suicide oh god yeah apparently the scene was just <sighs> i mean i don't think i even need to really talk about it an eight-year-old got his throat slashed like i think like I, I don't i don't see how you really come back from seeing something Mm-mm. like that Mm-mm. um so jeremy legally changed his name to jackson may and attempted to appeal his sentence his grounds for appeal was that he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol and wasn't in possession of his full mental faculties he said that prior to the killings he had drunk 24 bottles of beer a bottle of vampire brand red wine and consumed a gram of cocaine (laughs) but his appeal was denied because he submitted it too late what happened to that organizational fucking mentality that he had when he was planning these murders how could he let that date slip by what an idiot um um four beers uh do you what does jeremy look like is he He's uh, like very a, ugly. Is he like a hundred pound man as I'm imagining? No, actually he's, he looks like he's 90 pounds. Oh my gosh. Like he looks like he's like 90 pounds soaking wet. This guy, yeah. like he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to send does you Does he another. have a ponytail? He does not. He He's like, he looks like a skinhead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I he's imagining anyway, him. I'm imagining this very specific. Yeah. It's, oh. uh, it's not a good look. Anyway, but he's still in prison. Okay. And he won't be eligible for parole until 2031. Um, okay. Jeremy yes. looks like. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy who does he remind you of? Jeremy looks like. I, I, Did okay. you hear that? Clarking to visit me real quick. And then oh, is that his little feet? <laughs> I <laughs> heard it. Oh, he's so cute. Okay. Jeremy looks like if you took Michael Fassbender, shaved his Take head. Take that back. Take and, that back. Hold on. Shaved his head, and under his head was an egg head. And also Michael Fassbender was ugly instead of being handsome. I don't really know how to describe him. He has the weirdest face. He looks like a, he looks like a, okay. I've been, I haven't seen Buffy yet, but we've been watching Angel. Oh, I love Angel. He looks like a character from Angel. Which character? I don't know. But like, I mean, like one of the bad guys, like his. Oh, he looks like he could be a demon. Like his eyes are really far apart. And, and he has a really large forehead. And he's a giant egghead and more eyeliner than any person should ever wear. Yeah. She um, was gorgeous. Yeah. Like, Ugh, like I mean, so I'm sorry. Ugh, I feel weird saying that she was 12. Yeah. But I'm just, I think that she would have grown up to be a beautiful woman. Yes. Who could have any man that she wants. Not and this he fucking- looks like he has done all of the meth that he found on the floor at a truck stop. Yes. Wow. Accurate. Well done. Thank you. You've outdone yourself. (laughs) Okay, so now about Jay. So 12 years old is the youngest age you can be accused of a crime in Canada. And you can't be sentenced as an adult if you're younger than 14. So 
Jay could be accused of first-degree murder, but she couldn't be tried as an adult with adult sentence lengths. She received the maximum, though, for her age group, which was 10 years in prison, but got credit for 18 months of time already served. The rest of her sentence would be split in two phases, four years in a psychiatric institution, followed by four and a half more years under conditional supervision in the community. Jay is often described as the poster child of rehabilitation. She has never apologized or publicly expressed remorse, but this may be to protect her anonymity. Mm-hmm. She attended Mount Royal University in Calgary, mm-hmm. though I couldn't find whether or not she completed a, a degree there. Her sentence was complete in May of 2016, and since then she's been released without condition into the community. So she's basically out. Her name is under publication ban, like I said, in Canada, but you can easily find her name, even if you're Canadian, like Googling stuff in other countries but she's like out and about out and about, oh, as we say in Canada out and, about. and then I'm also going to end with a quote that kind of made me mad a little bit even though like I think that the Canadian justice system usually treats juveniles in a way I think that is reasonable meaning that yeah you probably shouldn't put a 12 year old in jail for the rest of their life without parole like that is cruel and unusual punishment mm-hmm. and if the professionals say that she has been rehabilitated and that she is not a danger to the community and that you know she's 22 she was 12 when this happened you're completely we've talked about this like you're a completely different person when you're 22 than when you're 12 like I'm cool with that it's still like a very icky case but anyway but okay here's the quote that I don't like at her final hearing the judge said this quote I think your parents and brother would be proud of you Clearly, you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge you can control how you behave and what you do each day, end quote. So what I'm hearing in that quote is, Jay, you have become very hot (laughs) and I'm attracted to you. So I love you. Meet me later. (laughs) I just don't don't think her parents would be proud of her. I'm going to just put it out there. I I don't think they would. Or maybe, who knows, like, Maybe she did, you know, rehabilitate completely and, you know, went to university, got good grades. Maybe she got a degree. Like, you know, maybe she's a super responsible person. You know, she votes in every election, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, don't speak on behalf of the people she killed. Yeah. That, I think that's what yeah. bothers me. Mm, it's like, you know what? Tough. You don't know. You don't yeah. know. Like, you don't know how they would feel. Um, yeah. And it's, it's almost like this, like Christian morality where it's like, well, there was like atonement. It's like, you know what? Ugh. Fuck that. Like she's still yeah. like, like, you know, and, and again, like this is very different than like, well, remember like the, when we did, um, the bathtub <laughs> case, of course. you know, the, the Mississauga bathtub girls, like they, like at least one of them came out publicly and was like, I deeply regret this. I am so ashamed. I wish I could take it back. Like, you know, all of these things. Jay, like no, like no one in Canada has like heard what she's up to or, or if she regrets it, like if there's any remorse, I'm assuming she had to tell her psychiatrists that she felt remorse or else they wouldn't have signed off on her being released back into the community. Yeah. Is it a thing in Canada that to get parole, you have to admit that you're guilty, that like you did the thing? Is it, I thought it was like that everywhere. I don't know. It's like that in America. But I mean, like in some cases, like... Like, in some cases where you have, like, really, really, really violent offenders, like uh, Paul Bernardo, Mm -hmm. even if he were to express remorse, I I still think they wouldn't let him out. Yeah, that's 
then they shouldn't. That's she's probably no, and they not shouldn't safe. Yeah, yeah. that's um, not safe. Yeah. So. Oh my god. It's I don't know. Like I, it's weird. Like I believe in rehabilitation. I really do. But there's just something about this case that like really bothers me. Like I yeah. Don't know. I, especially after hearing your case, I think that's what actually, because when I was like writing this up, I was like, you know what? No, like, you know, she, she rehabilitated, like good for her. And then I heard your case of like this, like 12 year old who like, who knows, like he probably didn't do it on purpose. He said he was convicted three weeks planning it. Yeah. And, and, and he's, you know, he, he's going to spend the rest of his, not the rest of his life. He's still going to, you know, but still he's just, his whole life was ruined. Mm-hmm. probably because he was black. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And like my case is like a pretty white girl. Yeah. So when she leaves, the judge is like, parents will be so proud of you, baby. I love you. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, I didn't say anything. She's like, okay. I really, really hope though that she is a good person. Like I, I really, seriously, like deep down, I really want to believe that wherever she is, she is a good person and she yeah. has atoned. And continues to atone. I hope so, too. I hope that she has a really bad job that nobody else wants to do. And, like, cleaning up barf at a (laughs) amusement park. And that's how she atones. That's what I hope. I don't know. But, yeah. That's fucking... And, like, Canadians are actually pretty, like, torn up about this. Like, Like, there are some people who are like, yep, you know what? Like, she was 12. She was 22, you know, when she was released. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And then there are other people who are like, I don't know. I don't I don't think she spent enough time inside. Another thing too is that like, again, I do think that the right place for her was probably a psychiatric, um, sorry, psychiatric institution. Mm-hmm. However, when you think about it, she didn't really spend any time incarcerated. Like, because usually when you send somebody to prison and not a psychiatric institution, it's to say, you know what? Like you deserve to be punished. We are going to take away your freedom. Mm-hmm. And for juveniles in Canada too, like they can still like go to school while they're in jail, like all that stuff. In fact, yeah. it's it's encouraged. But for her, I mean, I don't know where she spent the first 18 months. I'm assuming she was in a juvenile detention center. But then after that, spending four years in a psychiatric institution, like is that punishment enough? Because after that, she was released in, in like a halfway home in the community and like a halfway home for delinquent juveniles. And um, I read somewhere that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder an oppositional defiant disorder, uh-huh. which are not like psychotic disorders. Okay. It's not like she was schizophrenic or anything like that. Yeah. So that's why like, it kind of surprised me that she spent four years in a psychiatric institution. Conduct disorder. The fuck is it, that? It, You're just a dick? She, she has a problem with authority or I don't know. Same, but like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is so... I'm sorry. My house is I will too say though, to like, get away from my dogs. Hmm. Like none of the articles that I read, and maybe I'm just taking my information from the wrong sources, but none of the articles that I read mentioned race as part of the reason maybe why she yeah. got it easier. Cause like yeah. I would be <laughs> I would be curious to see the statistics on a Native American doing the same type of crime yeah. and seeing what they mm-hmm. ended up with in terms of a sentence. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's so yeah. I mean it's just Pretty white women, when they do stuff, they get away with it more. That's the only thing about this case where yeah. I'm like, Although I guess again, again, she was a child. Mm-hmm. Again, when a child commits a serious offense, you should focus on rehabilitation so you can mm-hmm. save them for like, mm-hmm. you know, their future and the future of society. Yeah. However, 
what I think what incenses me is that I do think that race played a factor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not acknowledged. mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're, you're totally right. Like the differences in our cases are like, okay, young white girl versus young black boy. Same age, 12. Same age. One's an accident. One's like literally documented, premeditated. And yet the outcomes are so, so opposite to what you would think. Yeah. They would be. Yeah. Ugh. And Lionel had a little chubby baby face. I hope Lionel's okay. Wait, is he eligible for parole before 30 no. years? Mm, well, probably, I guess. He must be. But it was like he violated his parole by having a knife. So he got five years added to his probation. And so this was his second parole violation. And yeah, the judge was like, yeah, I know you've had all the chances you can have. Well, maybe don't put a 12-year-old in an adult jail and he won't think that he needs to have a weapon on him to feel safe. So messed up. Like, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Good case. Good case. I'm I'm glad that this week they were so different. Yeah, I know. I feel like ours have been similar in a lot of ways. Um, Like, more so than just topic. But that, that was a good one. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody wants to write in and let us know what you think. Ooh. Okay. I almost sent you a message today Mm -hmm. to tell you this fun fact. But I was like, no, I'm going to wait until later because I want to surprise her. Okay. Okay. I want to give a very specific shout out. Okay. Because, Caitlin, did you know? (gasps) What? That we have one listener in Aruba. What? And I don't know anyone in Aruba. So unless you know someone in Aruba... We have somebody listening to us who is definitely, wait, damn it. Do you know something? <laughs> Not technically, but my friend was just in Aruba for the past week. And I oh, shit. listening <laughs> like on the plane or something. But maybe not. Maybe she met someone in Aruba, told them about our podcast and they listened to it. Oh, I got my hopes up. I was oh, like, no. I was like, oh my God, like we have a listener who somehow heard about us but oh it's probably just my friend who's on vacation can you ask her (laughs) i was already mad at her for being in aruba because i'm not in aruba and now i'm doubly mad at her yes i'll ask her when 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 and in what geolocation she was okay listening um but hopefully she just shared our podcast with a friendly local and um they were like wow i love true crime this podcast is amazing but that's not likely. Um, well, I guess, you know, if any of our listeners are traveling anytime soon, please tell the locals about us. And do us a favor and download the episode in your normal location so that we don't get all excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Although I did see that we have a few listeners in Australia and I only know one person in Australia. Oh my God. So maybe she told her friends. Carly. So maybe she told her friends. I was thinking of someone else. Maybe he told his friends. (gasps) Australia, keep listening. Keep the magic alive. We love you. I don't know. We we probably have like, well, they're probably all like expats. Like I'm assuming they're all Canadians or Americans, but like living in Australia. Oh my God. Well, that is exciting. We're international phenomena. No, I mean, we have like we still have like fifty listeners. <laughs> We're completely famous in every way. Um, oh, 
that reminds me of a depressing fact that I noticed uh, is that uh, Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a new podcast together. So I think that's really going to hurt our numbers. You know, I think um, we're going to take a lot of our audience away. God, I think it was Karen and Georgia who were, who were mentioning this on uh, My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're pretty, like if you're pretty enough to be on TV, yeah. don't have a fucking podcast. Like leave it to the rest of us who have goofy voices. Oh my God, that's so true. And I always see that anytime I'm like looking in the browse section of Apple Podcasts, if there's always one, I think it's Barstool Sports. Yeah, Barstool Sports. And it's Sports. called like, it's called like, I'm your daddy. And the picture call me, like, call me daddy. Oh my God, call me daddy in the picture. So you know what I'm talking about? It's like a sexy porn looking blonde woman. I'm like, Barstool. Yeah, like, I okay, tried listening then, to that podcast a few times. Like, I, is it, it wasn't is for it me. not good? That's shocking. Well, um, no, I know a lot of people who like it, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't my what? style. Must don't be. make a podcast. If you can be in porn, then get out of here. Don't be in a podcast. <laughs> this is for the rest of us. My yeah, God. like Paris Hilton has a podcast now. I'm kind of curious what she has to say. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, God, well, well, please you know rate us five stars. Please, please, please. On Apple Podcast. And I'm going to end this episode with our catchphrase. That's hot. Wait, that's our catchphrase. <laughs> That's Paris Hilton's catchphrase. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. God damn it. That was a good joke for everyone listening. I hope you liked that joke because it was amazing. And if Paris Hilton's listening, I take it back. Please don't sue us because she definitely trademarked that shit a long time ago. Did she? Oh, hell yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, baby. Go get, okay. You would just need to, I guess, come up with a catchphrase and just... I keep trying to make it. Don't hate us. We love you. (laughs) Wait, what was the other thing I messaged you? (laughs) Well, I'm desperate. That's my brand. Um, (laughs) We don't, we don't, we don't bump in the club. We bump in the night. What? (laughs) You know, because things don't go, because scary things go bump in the night. And then the oh. other time you would bump is in the club. And so I'm saying, we don't bump in the club. We bump in the night because the podcast is scary. But I can see that that requires too much explanation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to I don't be a good catchphrase. Did oh, you like my t-shirt uh, that says that and then explains why it's funny? I mean, I need explanations for everything. Did you like my uh, roses are red, violets are blue? <laughs> if you don't like true crime, then fuck you. I really did. And I can imagine that... Uh, yeah, on a t-shirt. I, yeah, I can. I love that on a t-shirt. Um, Valentine's Day swag for next year. Maybe our catchphrase should be um, "Sans Freud ou Mal Guy." What was it? Bon oh, we bon should do like a. Sorry. We should do like crowdsourcing. Like we should ask people what our what our catchphrase should be. Uh, yes, definitely. Please, if you write us a review and give us five stars, you may also in that review, submit your idea for a catchphrase and uh, I'll pick I it. think we'll figure it out. I think it'll, um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it'd be really funny. We do like a hundred episodes of these and like, we still like, we're like, oh, we'll figure out our catchphrase eventually. Okay. Well, I'm personally torn between that's hot and just do it, but we can talk about it offline. What about don't buy Google Play gift cards? Fucking A, yes. I will get <laughs> that tattooed on my person. 
Google, like, stop selling these gift cards. You know they're only for scams. I truly blame, I feel like Google is responsible for, for this happening right now. And um, also anyone, if you're a friend listening and you have my phone number, please shoot me a message if you have a use for a Google Play gift card um, and I'll sell it to you at face value. Okay, Caitlin, I feel, like you're, I feel like you just opened yourself up to another don't scam. Don't text me, don't text me. No one has my phone number. I have it. I don't text. 917. <laughs> I wish I was in the 917. That's New York, right? Yeah. God, that'd be cool. Yeah. No, I live in the worst zip code. No, I don't live in the worst zip code, but my phone number is from the worst zip code. The 203. Nice. Stop record. <laughs> Honestly, you should have stopped it right there. You want to do it again? Oh, but maybe have Liam cut it off at that time because that was Wait, a did you funny say did you play. say two oh three? Yeah, I did. Can do you want to sing it together? <laughs> Can we try? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we are we in sync? Should I say it one more time? Yeah, say it one more time. Okay, I'm gonna say it the exact same way. Okay, I live in the worst. Oh, fuck. Starting again. My phone number is from the worst zip code ever. The two oh three. That's no. 203. No, I don't know. Yeah, you're know. after me. Can't have I, it. <laughs> but should we stop it? Yeah. Uh, everybody, um, love us, review us, uh, download us, and uh, don't hate us. We love you. That's right. Oh, I love how you say it. Some little <laughs> conviction. You're not desperate like me. Don't hate us. We love you. That's the delivery. Uh, don't hate us. We, we love, love you. you. It's perfect. All right. Chef's kiss. Goodbye. Goodbye.